Welcome everybody to the second part of the third episode. Um, had to split that one up with Gustav because we wanted to wait for some announcements and also because it, it was very long as one episode. Um, but now the second part is out. We talked a whole lot about um, the roster changes uh, that they are making. We have answered some fan questions um, and then we had a little bit of fun towards the end. Uh, he asked me a few questions. I asked him a few rapid fire questions. It was pretty fun. It was pretty nice. If you enjoy this kind of content, make sure you subscribe to the channel on YouTube. That helps out a lot. Um, you can follow the podcast on, on different platforms. You can leave a review. All that stuff is absolutely free um, and helps me out a lot. I think people can imagine the amount of effort that goes into these videos. So all that all that free stuff you can do to support is super appreciated. As always, not going to waste a whole lot of your time. Get into the episode. So we talked a lot now about... Um, what you need on a team, what makes a good roster, um, all that, all that sort of stuff, and it's it's pretty public knowledge at this point um, that you are making big roster changes at face, and it's been a topic forever. Twitch chat has been, uh, you know, saying that phase needs to make roster moves for years, I guess. Yeah. Um, and if you're just looking at scrims, um, it looks pretty obvious that you are dropping AC and Diggory because they are not screaming with you anymore, they're screaming with other teams. Um, so can yeah. you talk about that a little bit? Um, I think it's going to be announced this week, but we'll just talk about it now, and, and I'll fix that in post. Yeah, I mean, it was a really, really hard decision. Like, after PDC, you always have this talk about what do you want to do with the roster next year. Um, we couldn't really come to an agreement about what we wanted to do, because I was very back and forward, I would say. Uh, like, did I want to make changes? Did I not want to make changes? I had to like sleep on it for a while, like spend a few weeks to figure out what I wanted to do. But um, we ended up we ended up uh, deciding that Ice and Diggory is not gonna be in the team, and that is basically because, like, what I said earlier with like uh, the talking, uh, I don't think there was enough ideas. I think we were way too quiet on the team. Um, like Ice and Diggory, like, are insane players. It feels so weird, and I like. I love the guys. Um, it's also hard because I and because Diggory might be the one that had the best PTC out of like all of us on the team. He played. Uh, I would say he played pretty well at PTC. Um, so it might feel weird for some, mm -hmm. but um, from an inside point of view, um, our problem last year was just that we, like as I said, we were way too quiet on the team. Um, so like going forward next year, or like th this year we are bringing in two players that are going to be a lot more vocal. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to try that um, where I, I'm still going to be the ideal on the team, but it's going to be a lot different than last year. It's going to be a lot more ideas, a lot more like flexible than last year. Like it's still, it's still me that has the voice, but it's not necessarily like a hundred percent me anymore. Right. It's like, it's a conversation. Like it. It's not a monologue. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we're going to try with that uh, approach. And I, from screaming with the two new players, like it's been seem like to be going like really, really well, I would say. But then again, uh, it's dangerous taking a lot from scrims because it yeah. is not real games. And we are still not, there are only like four or five, like up to one teams in our scrims. So it's like, you don't get punished as much as you do yeah. in, uh, in real games, uh, but it's feeling really good. Um, a lot more consistent with the talking, which was our problem last year. Like uh, so, sometimes with Ice and Diggory, like we would talk a lot and everything would go. But then other times, like in, in the really hard games, when you are like on an edge somewhere and you need to make a play, you mm -hmm. have four eyes 
it's really hard, I would say, for the IGL them to come up with a good idea. That's really when you need yeah. four players who can say who can come with four different like uh, opportunities to to like do something right. And 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 last year we just we, we didn't have that. And I think this year, like those those really hard games, I believe we can make more out of them. And mm-hmm. that is a uh, that is where I would say that's how you win tournaments. Is like when you really get like points out of the hard games as well. Because we had a lot of zero pointers at PTC. Yeah. And you don't win tournaments with that. No. And then you had a lot of bad days too, and then you sort of come back on the last day. It's sort of the cl- the face classic where you yeah you get from fourteenth to ninth, but it still feels terrible because you know that if one better day you're like a top four team or something. Yeah, for sure. Um. That's interesting because I think a lot of people were wondering as well. So you've been the IGL for, for that long time now, um, mm-hmm. but you took over from Fuzz initially. Is that is yeah. that correct? That how, was how did in, that, how, uh... I want to I want to sort of know how that went for you, and mm-hmm. what makes you confident that you're just gonna continue IGLing in this team. I mean, in so this was in 2020 when I set like the team. Uh, I talked about earlier in the, that we we lacked motivation that year and like everything was like was weird because everything was online. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt that like we we really did like bad that year. I think we got like maybe our best was like a fourth in twenty twenty like till I took over, which was PCS two I believe. Um, this wasn't necessarily Foss's fault at all. There was like as I said like uh, the motivation within the team was also a big problem. So I really felt like for us to do better we needed like a big change within the team right uh for us to like get some new motivations basically we had a big team talk like it was very it was a kind of a rough one as well i would say like we would be we're going at it and we ended up with me being uh talking to me as an idea like i, I wanted that personally mm-hmm. um but it was hard and then uh, we swapped to me we won pcs uh two like a month after like we played extremely well with my first PCS win, so like I was obviously very proud of myself for like taking over IGLing. The others played like it was so weird because everyone just it was like we were just like born like newly again. Like everyone played so well, like out of their mind. Like um, and we just won it, and then we kind of fell into like a little slop again, mm-hmm. where I would say we fell into like it's like oh we won, and then we were just chilling a little bit. Yeah, and then I think we got like fourth or fifth again in um in pcs and then we kind of wanted i don't remember what we did then if we went back with first then as igl uh or what we did but then we went to korea and i remember i igl as well we won a week um and that obviously felt pretty good i would say um winning a week there like it could have also just been the last week and we could be the world champions right so that's yeah. kind of just like whatever but then me and Foss from there swapped a few times back and forth fex joined i think we swapped back to Foss again uh, don't remember how we did, but we swapped back and forth because, like, like none of them were really working extremely well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, um, so, but I would say that the the wins we did end up getting uh, on on our team that was with me Igelin. Um, while I was in the team, of course, they won so much with Fast Igelin before I joined, right? So I I still believe in my in myself as a player as an Igel. Like I know how good I can do when I'm at my peak. Um, I think in the past I was missing a lot of confidence and a lot of uh, like as a young IGL, like I was not very mature at all. But mm-hmm. I believe now, like I'm 23, I've matured a lot. Uh, I I am I'm 100 certain that I can win a world championship with the right players around me if I play to my peak. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so going into this next year like getting in new players that are obviously also going to be very vocal i don't think it's going to be a problem for me but i'm always open to like anything that is going to make the team strong so like if someone else is a crazy ideal and they can do better than me like i just want to do whatever it takes to win yeah i i, I, don't, I don't care what that is but I think also in IGL, you need to believe in yourself. So obviously I believe that I am the best IGL. Like I would say 100%. out there, out there, like I can agree that I'm not the best IGL in the world because I still think that Badlands is better than me. Um, that's just based off results and like how, how smart everyone has seen what to do. Uh, I don't know how much, like if, if some of the others help as well. I think Lou is also extremely smart. Um, but that, like, he is better than me at this, at this point. But I, I can be better than him at my peak. But I'm currently not there. But yeah. I think it's, it's, except for him, I believe that um, I am the second best ideal. Without knowing the Chinese players, because I have no idea yeah, about them. You don't know what's going on there. Um, no. Yeah, I think that's massive. I think confidence is, is is like one of the biggest things in PUBG, and especially on an IGL. Because there's, again, there's so many situations where you don't have a good play. You have to force something. You have to be confident in your decisions, right? You can't be... If if there's a one player that can't doubt himself, like it's the IGL at any time. Um, mm. So that's good. That sounds nice. I'm excited because I think the roster on paper, um, even if it's not public yet, sounds absolutely insane. But we talked mm. about this earlier, how insane rosters sometimes farm everything and sometimes they just don't work. So uh, yeah. it's going to be super exciting to see. Mm. Cool. All right. I think... Um, it's probably a good time to go through some of the fan questions I asked on Twitter. There was a lot of people chiming in. Um, yes, that's cool. It's uh, that's always interesting. So if you want, uh, if you want your questions on the next episode on the podcast, uh, feel free to put them on Twitter, everyone. Um, and one question is something that's been talked about quite a bit, uh, and I feel like the answer is fairly uniform. Um, should the smoke launcher be in competitive? I mean, for sure. I, I like almost anything that is in um, right. Like, ranked yeah should be in comp as well uh it just it, it, you need to create like the same it, it needs to be the same you, you cannot have it like being too different from from rank to comp it's just gonna be so bad yeah my, i in my opinion i think that i think that's a true statement but it's also a scary statement because that would mean tago in comp right now right <laughs> and that would yeah. be a mess i think with the bridges with all the open terrain for sure, like that. I don't think that would work. I think the Kendi would be better. Uh, I think the Kendi is rough too, but yeah, that's so um, so many bad spots. But like yeah. when you play it more, you're gonna figure out all these. Like you're still finding new dips on Mirimar. Yeah. Like it's been out for I don't know how many years now, yeah. right? So it's gonna, but but like they 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 have to do something more to to comp now. I think it's been the same for four years. Like too whether long. that's whether that's like changing the rocks in Miramar or adding a new map, like even if the map kind of sucks, like all it takes is you you make a straw poll or like yeah. something, and you ask the pros what map would you prefer the most in comp, and what change would that would would have to happen to the map in order for it to be better. Yeah. So you you do this and that, and then they they somehow compromise, and it's gonna turn out okay. Yeah. It's never gonna be perfect. There's always gonna be people complaining, and that's always how it is. Yeah. Like Miramar in the beginning was awful. I remember when they added Miramar before they added like so much to it it was also yeah. awful but now the map have i think if the map didn't have the rocks it would be better than the wrangle um but the rocks are on there they're um, terrible yeah they are terrible but without that it would really be a good map i believe yeah i think the rocks are one of the biggest problems i think um it's so refreshing every time when i do watch parties and stuff and the game starts on miramar 
And like phase two, you can kind of tell where it ends. And then at some mm -hmm. point in the day, you get switched to Erangel. And I'm sitting there after phase two and I'm like, I don't really know where this goes. This is kind of exciting. You know, this is kind of fun. Uh, it's just not the same on Miramar. And then you add on top of that, there's, there's like so little counterplay to someone being on top of the rocks. It's just mm -hmm. sometimes there's nothing you can do. You just completely, you know, I think you guys have been subject of that a lot where in Northern circles, like you try to get to one of the rocks, but Tulin's there first because he found a mini Adex instantly and went up there with a bike or something. Mm -hmm. you're, you're suddenly a three man and you can't play this area anymore. You just have to leave. It's like, you just you just go and wrap around the edge or something because it's so it's, broken. It's so broken, and the, the the worst thing is that like whenever we see zone one as pros, you have like three endings. Like you yeah. already tell it's gonna end here, here, here because of the rocks. Like yeah. there, like in ninety nine percent of the cases, it's gonna be, end in one of those three places. And then what you do is you try and play for two of them. If yeah. you can play for two of those, that means in like in in two or three games, you're gonna have an ending where you're gonna have a good line too. If it ends on the other one. You have to do either a long rotation or send, and you're pretty yeah. fucked. But like, and, and it should never be like that. You should have a zone, and it should be able to end literally ever in that yeah. zone, right? It yeah. should be random, but it's, it's just not. And it's just, yeah. I think and that's the is... thing with like uh, Battle and Rocks is when he's on top of one of the rocks, they have access to all three of those endings, and not only two of one of them, because he has like the, um, his rock is like a choke point, kind of, right? Yeah. And since they play power grid, there's so many rocks around them and he can play there. And that's why they are so OP, is that they have an entry to all three of those possible zones. And you can't play around them, because the guy doesn't even have to peek, he just has to be there. And as soon as you start a fight, he's going to shoot you in the back, right? As soon as you get out of cover, he's going to he's gonna flush one of you. It's it's so mm -hmm. hard to do anything against it. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I think there's a lot of different things that could be done to them. I'm not. I'm not super optimistic. I feel like that's not high on the list, um, even though it maybe no. should be. Um, but yeah, I think it's. I think it's a. It's an issue for sure. And I think there's like, there's those small tendencies that circles have. I feel like where they like they tend to go like away from towns and they have some sort of tendencies what they shift out, what they leave in, which are like fine if they were the only mm -hmm. tendencies. But because of those big unplayable areas, the, the amount of mountains and stuff, um. It gets just way too predictable, and it's yeah, it's a little rough. Um, next question to sort of add to that topic is: uh, How do you prepare for a tournament? What do you do? What do you do when you know okay, PCS finals are next week? I mean, it, it's hard because like it's not like CDS and these other games where you're preparing for like a one team at a time, right? Like you're preparing for fifteen teams. Um, but I think in at least at, at PDC, um, where I'll say you put more, more time than PCS, because in PCS you kind of, like, maybe it's two or three different teams each PCS that I, like, I haven't really played against all the other teams you kind of know because you played against them for, yeah. I don't know how many years, right? Um, so, like, you, I think you kind of try and, like, read the, the meta a little bit. Like, is there a lot of, like, a central team, for example? Uh, I remember that's what we did in PCS 6, where we had a pretty good tournament, was, like, there was a lot of Turkish teams in the region. Because I, I think that was with the like the the Russian crisis where all the Russian teams weren't allowed to play, mm -hmm. so we had a lot of like EMEA teams, and they tend like that's like just a meta in EMEA that they all want to play center. Mm -hmm. So like what we did was just we would just play edge that tournament, and same with EAQ. EAQ was like they looted Milza power, we looted Milza. So all in the regular games, we would just come on the edge, and we would both just have good games because all these teams would just have centered and died. Yeah, and so like you kind of try and read the lobby like that. Um, like how teams like to play, but in some tournaments it's just like it's really hard because it's just evened out. 
as it always should be. Yeah. Like if a lobby is good, it's going to be evened out with the same amount of central yeah. teams as edge teams, right? Um, but yeah. And it's so kind of how we try and prepare. There's that dynamic as well where like teams adapt to the very recent games the most. So like mm -hmm. teams see that everyone's center and then suddenly way more people are like, okay, like edge is all free yesterday we should play edge now and then the edge gets really stacked or like yeah. a certain circle shifted a certain way on day one so everyone plays for that ending on day two even though it can still go the other way um, yeah. which i find really interesting to see sometimes um especially now as well where it's like i'm, I'm watching games and I'm, I'm watching games as as a coach too and i see those sort of calls being made let's play for the other ending because everyone's going to be playing for that ending and it actually works out and it's kind of funny to see a lobby sort of play itself like that there's there's so many of those small dynamics going on in PUBG. I feel like so many mind games in this game. Like you're taking you're taking so many guesses that are just like it's like instead of taking a fifty fifty percent guess, you're taking like a sixty forty. You know? Yeah. Because you think it's gonna like, and then then like sometimes this doesn't work out. If you're a really good ideal, you can take like sixty five to thirty five guesses, right? Yeah. Um. So that's just how it is. It's kind of IGLing. It's like educated guesses. There's so yeah. many things that could happen that it's you're never fully confident. Like maybe in the late game, there's situations where you have all the information, but it's super rare. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I mean that's why like the best teams have like the best teams get the most info, so you don't have to take guesses yeah. and you play off info. But getting that info in high competitive lobbies where everyone is so good at shooting and so aware of like trying to make sure that the teams don't get the info because that's yeah. also like you don't want to let a guy go up on high ground because then he gets all the info he reads the entire lobby the yeah. game gets so easy yeah so yeah it's such a good esports it's so nice actually there's so it's much going into it so much going into it yeah it's yeah. amazing do you have any advice for new players what, what do you think people should focus on when they're starting out pubg comp new players this time in PUBG come <laughs> are you actually out there I, I didn't know that there was actually some out there no but um, I mean new players is hard to say like I was there like five five years ago with everyone else it's, it's really hard to get into because I believe that experience in this game is more valuable than um, like mechanics and being talented just because like I it's it's, it's so few new players in PUBG comp that you've had that have been like what do you say like uprising talents like you just got like Silas everyone thought he was yeah. going to be like the best he never made it through it's yeah. like he always had the shooting talent but I guess maybe he has never really been like the best teammate or like been the smartest player right um so I think you need to be really humble you need to really respect your IGL if someone is just like 10% smarter than you really like listen to him support him um but most of all, don't focus on your shooting part. Because when you're young and cracked, I promise you, it's not because you missed that one spray that you're not making it. It's yeah. because of your decision making. Yeah. The shooting in this game, legit, almost doesn't matter. Like, I'm telling you, it, it almost does not matter. Like, yeah. I am not good at shooting in this game. Like, people might say, oh, Chris, if you're good at shooting, you have had the most kills, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But that's not why I've made it. Um legit because i very often shoot first and if you shoot first in this game you win your fight yeah no matter what it's um, it's not you sort of you get it along the way like you gotta you're gonna have to play the game so much that you're gonna get decent at shooting um but mm -hmm. it's not the the quality that really defines you in in most no. cases but it's still what people look at it's what 
it's what makes these players so hyped and it's what gives them an ego, right? Because they're like so cracked and they hit these nutty sprays and nutty clips and stuff. But it's just not really what matters in the it's long not really, run. It's not really what makes people, I would say, like it makes them montages. There's so many players in mates rooms as well that's just playing for montages. Like these players, they have no goal. And yeah. like it, it often pisses me off to see them go for these plays. Because is that, is that really what they are playing the game for? Are they really playing for the montages or yeah. are they playing to make it? to make it through but like it's still just so often i see them just focus on themselves uh like to try and get these highlights where i'm like bro focus on all the other stuff like you you, you have the mechanics yeah don't focus on that focus on the other stuff and so many more of these players could make it and we really need that in eu because like we have very 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 few eu speaking upcoming players that might be like i would say there's quite some russian like every year you see like a few new russian names a few new yeah. um turkish names but you like the only new name I can think of that have really popped through in EU is Correxy. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can maybe say Nixie, but he still hasn't he really, hasn't really it made yet. it yet. Yeah. He hasn't, he, he's almost been there, but like he's also a guy that shoots a lot. And I think if he didn't focus as much as he does in his shooting and on the other stuff, like he, he has it. Like he's yeah. a really talented player. I think it, it's just hard because it becomes the thing that d defines you, right? You get that constant positive backlog from outside where people are like oh my god you're so cracked and then you get more twitch viewers and people comment on your montages and you, you get fed that sort of oh like you're so good at this and then you you it's hard to not focus on it i think yeah. uh, but 100 percent, it is it is a big problem for a lot of young players i wanted to ask a question you kind of answered it already and um, if you think there's like unexperienced players that could pop off in 2023 because it's not an easy answer i feel like yeah um like who, who a thing will be yeah who someone that could pop off that people doesn't even i don't think it has to be unexperienced but sort of that people don't have on their radar maybe that the people that goes a little bit unnoticed that you think has the potential to become a big name mm, it, it's so hard because i don't really like the teams haven't formed yet 100 percent. like yeah. uh, the like the free like the how to say like the new free agent teams because yeah. there's a lot of rush teams that yeah, are happening a lot free agents right now so I, I don't I don't know, but I could see I could see if like someone like Fuss created the right team with like let's say Fuss Itzy Mixy um could you be Diggory, like a team like that, yeah. or like Rustama as well, that team or someone, it could really do well. But I think there are a lot of tension between um EU players and a lot of players that don't want to play with each other because yeah. of this and that. And it's making the teams really turn out bad. I would say, like from I've obviously heard some rumors about what some of the teams are gonna be. Yeah. And I'm saying I don't think that they are nearly as strong as they could be if people drop their like yeah. uh, ego towards who they want to play with. But it's hard because I also have players I don't want to play with. Right. So yeah. it's easy for me to sit here and say like I, I'm on I'm on face. Like I have Fex as my teammate. I can yeah. tell you my new two two teammates. They look absolutely amazing. I'm so excited to play with them. So it's so easy for me to sit here and say this. Exactly. But if I had to choose a player, like I think Nixie is the easy pick though, but I just don't see like many others that I see like uh, crazy popping off. I would like to see EB kind of get back on it again. I think he is really struggle. I mm -hmm. think EB is one of like the, he's like, I, I don't speak with him as much as I speak with many others, but he's like one of the nicest guys. Like that guy I have been like, I remember the very first time that I spoke to EB when I got in Pro Hub, because I always used to, I was so starstruck. Yeah. It's like he used to be one of the biggest streamers. He, yeah. he was just so nice. Like he was so even when someone is like way worse than him, and he's just so humble and good about it. And it was just a sick experience. I would love to see Eb 
um, get back up on top again. If he will, I, I don't know. He has struggled a lot. I think he brings a lot to the team, though, in terms of positivity and, and, and mindset. It's interesting because, as well, he's in a team where I feel like he's got like he's got the lineup around them that could work for sure. I think Wu could mm-hmm. definitely could definitely work out. And he said himself as well that he's maybe been too much of a team player. He's sort of he should be a little bit more selfish, sort of play his own life a little bit more and stuff. So mm-hmm. there's definitely potential for if the team works out and he actually does maybe you know uh, make a little bit less really risky plays that could work out for the team and that kind of stuff. That that there is potential that he could do much better as well. Yeah, it's that's. I think it's going to be, for me at least, it feels like the the wildest roster Royale um, since we, since a long time because so many teams kind of fell apart and there's so many free agents right now that are really really cracked. But you just so many good opportunities to create like crazy teams right now. It's crazy. It's, the pool is uh, the pool is really there. Um, mm-hmm. And then I think recently, for example, Polish Power sort of maybe falls apart now with Kapi leaving. Um, I was so surprised by that. I was that, really like, surprised too. Like I actually didn't know that till like, like yeah, kind of like two or three days ago. Um, but I, I, I mean, I've known that they have had like it's been a team with a lot of like arguments. I stopped in for them as well in one tournament, uh, PSL, where we actually mm-hmm. won. I stopped in instead of Cappy. I think that was like a little bit, one and a half year ago. We won PSL, yeah, and I just remember there was some. Uh, there were some heavy arguments in Polish when I was just sitting there, not like, <laughs> I mean, even won that tournament. Yeah. So I can only imagine when they, like, when and they I think there win. was like, yeah. there was like their first win of a tournament, like in, in a big tournament, right? PSL, um, like if they don't win, like that must have been, uh, I'm glad I don't have that team atmosphere, but uh, yeah. it gets people heated up, I guess. It's, it's weird, because for me, that's like, you split up Polish power, and I don't really see any of them getting better teams right now. That's no, my I, I, I don't see either. It's it's so weird for me when when when, when teams and players do this because like I like I think Cabby is like Cabby is kind of like a, a guy I can see pop up this year as well. Mm-hmm. Like Nixie, he he is so good I would say. But like then I've heard he's making a team with Jemsey, uh, mm-hmm. who has been out of the scene. Like he's not been out of the scene, but he hasn't had success in a long time, right? Yeah. He used to be one of the best players in Europe, and I don't know who else is going to join that team. But I just have a really, really hard time seeing that team do better than what Polish Power did last year. Yeah. And I don't see Maselik or, or Norkis or Kru- I don't know much about Krunio, but I don't see any of them. So, like, why, why not stay together? It's like um, maybe bystanders are also splitting up without me being sure. And yeah. if they are to do that, I don't see any of those players joining another it's so team. so hard, yeah. Where they are going to be better. You're looking at that's my thought too, exactly. It's like, how do you even find a better team right now? Um, I don't see that happening. But then you don't know what's going on in the team, right? Like you just said, yeah. they were already arguing when they were winning PSL. So what the hell goes on there? And then uh, maybe some of them aren't playing the game, others want to grind all day. It, there can be so much in a team that breaks it up, even yeah. though you maybe don't find a better alternative. Um, so yeah, I think, I think it's a it's a really weird time. It's a really exciting time because I feel like the, the free agent pool hasn't been this big in a long time with some some people even coming back, right? You see like a Samti coming back in and like mm-hmm. people, there's there's a lot of people with experience that aren't the most cracked. There's a lot of cracked guys that maybe have other weaknesses. And then in the middle, you have like the overpeaker players maybe and the, and the fellas who are like sort of in the middle of things. Um, yeah. And it's, 
there's so many options, there's so many decisions, but then, like you said, there's so many small issues as well that people don't make people not want to play with each other and stuff. It's it's yeah. a weird time. It's hard to like make make the perfect team, right? And I can make a team like NLT that just that just uh, trust the mind, just wins everything. But like, I also don't want to be too smart about publish power by Boston because you just yeah. said you never know what's going on with the exactly. team. Exactly. I'm sure they have thought of this themselves. Like, uh, um, like it's also important to be happy, right? And if you're not yeah. happy playing together, like, uh, like it depends on how much you want to win, right? Um, so like for them it's 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 probably the right decision but it just it's always going to look weird from the outside it's like exactly. when, we, when we kicked uber from the team uh like one of the the goats of PUBG took up there with like uh pu for example yeah. right like how how was he kicked from the team uh, it looks so weird but like you never know what's going on within a team and and why this is happening so it's probably important to not like try and be too smart from an outside perspective right exactly even though it looks bad on first glance. There's something really funny that I've noticed, which is a lot of the times when a team makes a roster change, it, it's almost, it's very rarely the worst statistically performing player that gets kicked. It's it's mm. often even sometimes that really popped off. Like you had Paige top fragging uh, PGC, and then mm -hmm. he's the one removed from the roster. And uh, you have other teams that have similar issues because... You just don't know from the outside that they have an issue with that player and maybe he's playing reckless maybe he's really selfish in game you know maybe that's those sort of issues uh, but then it doesn't reflect in the stats at all um and uh, you from the outside you're just wondering why the hell would you kick that guy uh, but you have mm -hmm. no idea what a player provides and what a player does in, in game if you're not on the team mm -hmm. um so it's always really hard to to talk about this stuff and think about this stuff um yeah, but it's, yeah. Like, it's and, impossible unless you're good in the team, right? Unless like something is like crazy obvious on yeah. the team. Uh, like sometimes there are some that are like really obvious that this person is the worst, but it's rare. It's rare. And then, I mean, right now, for example, I feel like a lot of teams are in that position where you really want to have a team right now. You really want to be getting together, grinding scrims, getting the chemistry going, sort of establishing some patterns, right? Because whatever the regional series is going to be called, it's not far away. You don't have that much time but then you're also sitting there wondering who do i really want to play with like for this whole like next year or whatever you want to commit to something long term so you have to sort of weigh that up like make a team quick or make the perfect team and it's it's just an impossible situation really um wicked all right i have some questions for you too i mean i've had quite a few questions throughout this podcast okay i have like a little rapid fire uh, session Okay. Um, cool. Let's let's get it off. Um, just bang the answers out there. You know, that's the main thing. Try to not think about it too much. Um, okay. What is something you couldn't live without? Um, my PC. What is something you could really live without? <sighs> What's something you don't um, need in your life that you have the, in your life? League of Legends. <laughs> We might get that answer twice. Uh, Barrel or M4? Uh, M4. Which map would you add to comp? Destin. Destin. Damn. All right. That's yeah. a new one. I um, think that map is so much fun. <laughs> if you had to go pro in another game, which one? Um, League of Legends, yeah. yeah. I thought I'd get that twice. You're pretty good at League of Legends, right? You're like playing challenge no, and that kind of stuff? Or... I don't play that much anymore, but I used to be good. I'm not good at it. Um, 
All right, we have already gone through unexperienced player that will pop off, so I'm not going to ask that here. Um, Erangel or Mirama? Erangel. Aitzi or Diggory? Aitzi. Your biggest flaw? Mm. What do you mean with flaw? Like in, in gameplay or in like... Whatever. Sort of your biggest issue that you see with yourself. Um... Can be in the game, can be out of game. I think I take stuff too personal sometimes. What's your biggest quality? Um, I think I'm a really good teammate. Nice, nice guy. But that's maybe a little bit egoist to say, but who knows? I, I think that's I'm okay. There. I think I think it's fair to reflect on your quality, even even if you know. People people say ego way too quickly when someone is just confident about what they're good at, right? Yeah. Uh, I really like the last two questions because they sort of make you think about yourself. And I feel like it's something people don't do enough. I feel like you don't really think, oh, like, what's my biggest downside? You don't really think about that in everyday yeah, it's, life. It's, it's, it's so hard to say that in yourself, right? Like, like being critical in yourself is always super hard. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, it's... Probably one of the qualities I respect the most in people is if they can reflect on themselves accurately. If they can see their strengths and their weaknesses. Because there's mm -hmm. a lot of people that can only sort of see their strengths and talk about them and they will not like take blame for anything that they messed up. And then there's a lot of people who are on the other side of the spectrum that always like beat themselves down. So when people can, can sort of accurately judge themselves and, and sort of accurately say like, I'm good at this, but I suck at that. Um, I think it's a really good quality to have in life. Sure. It's very few people that, like, that can do that. Maybe like in, in, in real life, I think in, in eSport and in competition, you kind of get forced to do it because you have to be better, right? Yeah. Like your teammates will tell you, but like when you're a nine to five person, like you never think of that and you just end up yeah, having these horrible sights, right? Yeah. Because no one will ever tell you, like no one on a normal job would go, go in and tell you, hey, you're a dick because of this, right? Cause, yeah. Like, uh, you... That's... I've I've brought that sort of conversation up on like on the competitive level and stuff that I feel like there needs to be way more conversation in PUBG esports as well about what's good and what's bad because every time you talk about something that's bad people get take offense and it gets very personal and stuff and you can't really you can't really criticize people for what you think they're doing wrong without mm. getting into like whole like battles and arguments and stuff um, when in reality you should be talking about like you should be talking about the yeah. good and the bad but it, for me, for example, no one's ever gonna, never, no one's ever given me, like, no one ever gives me the bad feedback. Like, you have your no. fans that like what you do, and they're like, oh my god, great job, so good. And then you, you don't, the other side, like, you'll see them in some Twitch chat when they don't know you're there or something, but you'll never get the direct feedback, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like, I think we, we didn't do that much in face last year, because we had, like, I would say, like, Ice and Digger are the nice guys, right? Like, we, we don't give each other, we didn't give each other much feedback, because, like, some, some players just come, it comes more natural to them. Yeah. Uh, I think a guy like, maybe, like, Mixi, like, I haven't played on team with Mixi, but I play a lot with Mixi. And I know him well, like a guy like Uber, for example, like they, they would just say stuff straight up to you if there was something, right? Yeah. And they would, sometimes it would also be a little bit too harsh way, but you, you learned something. It was, it was like, it was fucking nice. Like in the moment, it's not nice. It's never no. going to be nice in the moment. But after like, well, that's a month or two, it, it is, it's really nice uh, to get that feedback. I think we did that a lot in TSM 2019. Mm -hmm. um, 
And I remember back then it was fucked. It was it was really hard because I was 20 years old and Michael was at the time I think he was 18 and yeah. I, like Michael was like both me and him I think were very immature back then. Like you you're very young and having to deal with all of these things while living in another country. Yeah. Like these are hard conversations. Like adults cannot even have them. Like many adults cannot. A even lot of adults cannot right? have that talk. Yeah. Like and, and you give each other very very uh, rough criticism because you want to win and then meanwhile you live in the same house. So yeah. like. So like you can't even go and hide in your room because like like thirty minutes yeah. after you see the person right, um, so some days it was really hard with that. But I think it it grew me a lot as a person, and I think if I was like almost in any other, if I had any other job, I wouldn't have grown the way that I have grown as a person yeah. because I've been an esport and a team right. I agree with that hundred percent. Um, I it's funny when I like. I'll play games with my parents, you know, the people who, who raised me and will play a card game and they'll get mad at each other because some of them is winning and the other one's losing yeah. or whatever. And I'm just sitting there like, I've played so much video games. Like, I just I just don't get upset at that stuff anymore. I've just learned how to deal with it. And they somehow mm. haven't, even though they've, you know, they've taught me everything. Yeah. Um, it's funny. It's funny, that stuff. Do you think it was maybe a little bit more easy to be like that open when PUBG was like more fresh and it was like, it was pretty obvious that a lot of, like, PUBG was being figured out, you know? 2019, it was still way newer. Now it's way more established. It's probably harder to tell someone who's been playing PUBG for four years that this, what they're doing sucks, right? It's way harder than it was back then. Do you think so? Sure. Like, back then, you were still, like, back then, everyone at PUBG were, like, you, you were really bad. Like, people were bad at the game because yeah. it was new. Like, it, like you're always in new games, you're not going to, like... The meta have not really like created itself yet, and like so it was so easy. Like every player had so many flaws. Like you, I was bad at so many things back then. Like nowadays, it's really hard to find, and it's also really much harder to say because, like me, I, I am who I am as a player. For me to change after five years, it's it's, it's hard. way harder than it was like when like when I only played for two years, for example, right? Yeah. Um. So it's so it's always like that. I I think I have almost grown now to um it's something i try a lot it's like i i don't even give players that much criticism for what because what i think they're bad at because like you're always going to have things with your teammates like even fex who i think is like one of the best players like i have stuff with him where i think he's not that good at right and he makes this mistakes often but i would i almost try and like not say it to him or something because that just to me almost is as a player for him to change it so hard so i would much rather focus on what he's good at mm -hmm. and try and push him to just do what he's good at because when he's doing that, he can win tournaments, right? Yeah. Um, because for changing changing players at this point is so hard, and it's almost just who they are. Yeah. And it's really, it's a really hard balance for me right now yeah. as well. Is so you, you're trying to coach people, but you can't just focus on their weaknesses. You have to sort of try and find a middle ground, and then some people are like more receptive to like the negative feedbacks. Other people get really put down if you're saying like this was bad, this was bad. So. It's a super interesting uh, concept and it's something you have to be really, really good at as a player is deal with feedback. And it's something that doesn't come naturally to a lot of people. Like you just said, a lot of people in, in nine to five jobs um, don't really have to learn it as much and don't really, no. don't really have that skill. But it's so important for esports. Ooh, all right. We have... Uh, so almost gotten one and a half hours now at this point. So I think I'm confident we're going to make this two episodes. Um, All right. It's been fantastic, Gustav. It's been fun. Um, thank you so Good. much for your time.
um i could go me. on forever but you've got scrims and i've got to get editing um so yeah. uh, i'm gonna say thank you and you uh yeah i can't wait to see you guys in uh, 2023 i almost said 2022 there um, it's hard. It, it is hard. It like, is hard, stuff. man. It's you know it's only been twenty nine days to get used to. The new year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Cole. See you All around. Right. Have a good one, Cole. Thanks for watching all the way to the end. That was part two of episode three of the Hot Drop Podcast. Uh, if you missed any of the earlier episodes, they are absolutely worth watching. Um, so go check them out as well. Um, we will have another episode coming middle of february i would say so maybe not exactly next week but very very close to the next week um with a fantastic guest as well so make sure you're subscribed to the channel make sure you follow the podcast wherever you're enjoying it and uh, yeah thanks for watching uh, if you want to support this kind of work um there is always uh, all the social media stuff like in the video subscribing to the channel uh leaving a review on the podcast which you can do and you can also use uh, my creator code in game um there will be a link for that uh, in the below the video. And if you are super crazy about this kind of content and you really want to give me money, um, then I have made a Patreon with some very slight benefits, but mainly just for people that are a little bit too crazy and, uh, and want to support this. Thanks everyone for watching, and I'll see you guys very, very soon in episode four of The Hot Drop.